Drivers, start your engines! It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Salfie filling in for a WB because he is hunkered down at home and uh, he is not coming out of his home. He is the biggest germaphobe that I've ever met. So he is uh, containing himself at the homestead. And I'm here in the office bringing you what's going to be our f- uh, last show for a while. We're going to be doing some best of shows uh, over the next few weeks since uh, NASCAR is basically in the world as uh, basically shut down over the latest year in the coronavirus uh, situation here. So we're going to be playing best of shows over the next few weeks. So this will be our final sh- uh, g- new show for a while, but it is jam-packed. Uh, we're going to be speaking with Ed Clark, formerly of Atlanta Motor Speedway, retired uh, this past weekend. So I'm going to talk with him. Also, Bob Pockris of, of NASCAR on Fox and Lenny Patiki, the host of PRN at the track, and we'll get the latest on how the short track world is affected and what's going on here with the coronavirus. But uh, we want to kick off the program right away by heading on over to the Food Depot hotline, and let's welcome in. Uh, you hear him every, well, you haven't heard him the last few weeks, but when we do have NASCAR, you hear him doing the turn reporting over for MRN Radio and also hosting the morning drive on Sirius NASCAR Channel 90 on uh the morning drive every weekday morning. So let's head over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in the one, the only, Mr. Mike Bagley. Hello, Alfie. How are you? Man, Good to be back. I got to tell it, it. this has been just the craziest week, Mike. Last week, we were all geared up, excited for race weekend, Folds of Honor QT 500 weekend, Atlanta Motor Speedway, all set fired up, ready to go. And then by the time the weekend got here, the whole world had shut down. The NBA, MLB, hockey, NASCAR, uh, people were going crazy, going after toilet paper, uh, everything imaginable at the local grocery stores. I mean, for you, it must have been crazy because you traveling down here to Atlanta, prepared to work. Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, no fans, only necessary media and essential people for the races. And then the next thing you know, we're postponed. We're going to postpone the race. Tell me about those days leading up to the announcement of the postponement of that NASCAR race. It, it must have been nuts for you. Well, it was. And, um, you know, I was uh, I was a little skittish about getting on the airplane. I live in South Florida, and um, we got the word that we – we're not going to race, and we were going to race. There's a lot of talk, you know, how do we handle this? What do we do? Um, they made the decision that we're going to go without the fans, which sucks. I mean, there's no doubt about it because we love having race fans at the racetrack with us. Uh, so we got on the plane, and I flew up to Atlanta on Thursday night, and then Friday morning we went to the racetrack, and we're expecting to get, you know, practice in and all that stuff. And uh, I was doing the serious show from the media center, and then, Word started to trickle in around 9 or 9.30 on that Friday morning that, you know, we may have another schedule change, and we were hearing the truck race was going to Friday night. Xfinity and Cup was going to be a doubleheader on Saturday because uh, top of all the corona stuff that we were dealing with, we also had weather that to, we were going to potentially deal with as well. And I, I, I guess 
you know, because the fans weren't there, the only thing that we had to clear was the TV window and all the other sports were off the air. So that allowed us to be a little more nimble as far as rescheduling. And then it got to the point to where uh, we had gotten off the air with the serious show around 11. And then we were hearing that that they were going to pull the plug on the weekend. And indeed, a little bit after we got off the air, they did that. And it's like, well, I guess I'll go back to the hotel and make all the necessary changes to travel plans. I got on the phone with Southwest when I was leaving the racetrack, going back up to the hotel in Midtown, and uh, uh, the average hold time was 93 minutes. So through social media and that, it got rebooked, came back home, and then, you know, obviously hunkered down. We did our show Monday, and then um, we decided to go off the air on Tuesday because we had to, to rearrange personnel and all that. But we're on the air, albeit in a podcast form, one hour each day. That's hate. But I think that this is just one of many changes that the world is having to deal with. And, you know, a lot of times us in NASCAR, we see things happen outside of our sport that stay outside and we we're in our own little world. And obviously this has permeated everything that we do, including affecting the sport that we all love to cover, love to watch and love to attend as well. Now the Monday show, unfortunately I don't, I don't get to listen to the show in the morning cause I don't have the Sirius XM radio. So I, I, I can't listen but the Monday show, how surreal was it, and what was the response from the callers who called in? What, what was kind of the, the emotions there? Well, I think that it, it was torn because we as a society still have um, a, a portion of people that say, what is the big deal? The flu kills more people. I don't know, though. The media is making a big deal out of this. And then you have the other side that's like, do what you're told and hunker down and, and social distance from people and yada, yada, yada. We got a mixture of that. I think that um, everybody not necessarily was accepting of the decision on their own. They were forced to accept it. And then when we saw things deteriorate as far as, you know, sports uh, suspending seasons for a while, and then it hit us and it was, it was tough to deal with and, and tough to come to terms with for some people. But at the same time, I think that there was an understanding. So everybody was pretty cool. Um, you know, at that moment we were, we were pressing on like normal. Uh, and then of course the changes, uh, came and, and, you know, sidelined us off the air. And when I say the changes are coming, it, it, it normally, you know, we set a plan in the morning or we set a plan at night for the next day. And it stays that way. The plans that are being made, even to this very moment, they are changing by the 30 minute mark. Right. It's like, we'll get a plan. We'll change it. We'll get another plan. We'll change it. We'll get another plan. We'll change it. We'll get another plan. We'll change it. Speaking with Mike Bagley here on a Southern Race Week Radio. Now, NASCAR has assured that they're going to race every race this season. Those that have been missed, uh, as far as they know, they're going to pick up the season at Martinsville as of right now. But as you said, things can change over the next few uh, weeks. Uh, like you said, even the f- next few minutes. But uh, NASCAR is dedicated to getting the entire season in and hopefully finishing on time or extending the week. So uh, how do you see this working for NASCAR to try to get in all the races without extending the season. I, I think that's not what they want to do, but what, what do you think realistically? The plan is is to get every race, including the all-star race, in. Now, if we have to shift deeper into the season, that's going to present maybe some challenges, maybe also create some out-of-the-box thinking. Keep in mind, the schedule is supposed to end, or the season is supposed to end around the first weekend of November. So we have the ability to maybe race deeper. I, 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 I quite frankly don't think that we are set in stone that the season may end in November if we, if we have the ability with some tracks in warm weather climates to go deeper into the season. We may see Homestead 
be moved to November. Or we may see Phoenix you know, push back just to make room. But I do think that there's some out-of-the-box thinking going on that we may see doubleheaders. We may see midweek races. I think that all options are on the table, and we've not handcuffed ourselves to any singular thinking. We're going to have to be uh, very open to change. We're going to have to be open to being a little creative. And the goal is still to run every race. We're just going to have to wait and see what this virus presents us and, and what the guidance is from officials as a whole about congregating together. Can we, can we pull people together? When is that going to be over? I don't think anybody has any answers, but at least in the short term, there is a tentative plan. I'm hoping that we're able to stick to it, but we also have the ability to change and also think outside the box a little bit, do things a little differently whenever it is that we do get clearance to go back racing. So if our listeners want to keep up with you, uh, the morning drive, your podcast, and everything that's going on with you guys, uh, where can they go to get all that information? Well, I'm on Twitter, um, at the Mike Bagley. I'm also on Instagram as well. More, more Twitter than Instagram. Uh, and you know, we maintain a presence there with an occasional Periscope video uh, every now and then. So... That's where they can go to keep up with me and, of course, uh, at MRN Radio and at SiriusXM NASCAR on the SiriusXM side of the house as well. Well, looking forward to the podcast. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be checking that out during this downtime. And, uh, Mr. Bagley, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Racing Radio. And uh, hopefully we uh, will catch back up with you down the road when, getting the, when things get back to some kind of normality here. Uh, Alfie, appreciate you. Uh, stay safe, sanitize, social distance. And uh, to all of your listeners, we appreciate y'all. And We'll be back as soon as we can. We don't like the downtime either. We like uh, we like racing, and hopefully we'll be back at it soon. But uh, thank you, and thank your listeners, and everybody stay safe out there. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Salfie bringing you our last edition of Southern Race Week Radio for a while. We're going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus due to the uh, coronavirus. Uh, virus situation going on right now. The world is shut down, including the world of NASCAR as postponement has been put on at least until Martinsville as of now, but we'll see how that changes over the next few uh, weeks or even over the next uh, few minutes. Who knows what's going on in the world of uh, this news over the uh, coronavirus. But uh, before we take a hiatus and take some time to run some best of shows over the next few weeks, I really was making it uh, a, a, a very top priority for me to make sure we had this guest on the show before we take a hiatus because I have so much admiration and respect for this gentleman that I wanted to give him his proper due. So let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in live uh, from a uh, former president of Atlanta Motor Speedway as, we, as he's retired over this past weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. A. Clark. Well, good afternoon, Alfie, and and not retired yet. That well, won't be for about another month. Well, but, uh, it's, it's, you've got me headed in the right direction. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Clark, uh, thank you so much for uh, say, uh, taking time out of your schedule. I know it's been kind of busy here the last uh, few weeks. What's going on in the news? But we're very honored and glad to have you on the show. And it was, as I mentioned in the open. A very top priority for me to get you on the show this week because, uh, as we said off the air and I said in the introduction, there's no more uh, admiration and respect I have for a gentleman than you, Mr. Clark. You've been a great friend of the show over uh, many years. My years at iHeartRadio, my years at 92FM at the Jackson Station where I started at, 
And now with the Southern Race Week, uh, it's been an honor to get to know you over the years and uh, see you as a friend. Uh, honestly, I just have so much respect and admiration for you. And as you say, you have one more month to go before uh, you hang it up. And uh, so tell us as you reflect and you look back at your uh, 40 years of service to the world of NASCAR, uh, the last 27 years at a Land Motor Speedway, has it hit you yet that it's going to be done, that you're going to just spend the rest of your years fishing, uh, now watching NASCAR as a fan uh, instead of a president or uh, uh, working at a track? I don't think it's fully um, connected yet. Um, I'm still doing some work, and, and we'll continue doing work on our destination resort project that we're trying to get going uh, down at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So I'll be working on that. Uh, even after I stop working five days a week and uh, be glad to have that connection to the Speedway and to our company. You know, Speedway Motorsports has been so good to me, uh, Bruton Smith and Marcus and, and uh, all the folks there, and, and they're like they're much more than an employer. There's a strong um, relationship that w- that'll continue on when when my, my days at the Speedway are done, but... Uh, no, I don't. I don't think it's it's quite. Uh, I've, I've quite come to grips with it yet. It's going to be a big adjustment for me. But you know, something I'm looking forward to. I'm going to get to do some things that you just can't do when you're in that office. You know, five six days a week, and and um, and and you know, when you're not there, you're thinking about it. And that's pretty much the way it's been for me now for 44 seasons. And um, we've got a great staff of, of extremely talented people there at the Speedway, and, and, and it will continue to go on when I'm gone. And uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of become the head cheerleader for Brandon Hutchison and, and the entire team there and, and uh, cheering them on to great things and continued success. Can you tell me about the, 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 the road, you know, heading up one of the best tracks on NASCAR I went to my first race when I was eight years old. It was won by Ned Jarrett. Wow. And instantly became a fan of the sport. Um, kind of got to, I grew up in rural Virginia, got to go to one race a year. And when I was in high school, at about the time my senior year, of high, my sophomore year of high school, I worked for a, a little biweekly newspaper uh, there in the town where I went to high school. And I went in one day and asked the sports editor if I could start covering races for the paper and he kind of scratched his head and he didn't know anything about NASCAR and <laughs> said, well, I guess so, you know, we'll try it. And so my dad had to go with me and sign the release waiver to actually for me to get a credential to get in. Cause I wasn't old enough to sign it myself. <laughs> and so I started covering races at Richmond and Martinsville, Virginia. I grew up in Virginia and did that through high school, went on to Virginia tech and while at Virginia Tech, worked for the Blacksburg Sun, and it was actually a three-newspaper chain there, and had a Sunday column called The Last Lap. And it, they gave me the flexibility to write a column about whatever I wanted to about motorsports, and it ran in those papers and also covered events regionally at, at, at Richmond and, and Martinsville again, but expanded out to Bristol and Charlotte and Rockingham and even Darlington and uh, met a lot of people in the business, and through that I got the opportunity to go to work at Bristol about six weeks before I graduated from college. And, uh, you know, there just weren't many jobs around at that time. It was really, you know, a great opportunity and just, you know, the stars crossing at the right point, I guess, that I got this opportunity, worked there. Um, some guys from Nashville ended up buying that track. 
took over the lease at Nashville, and I became the general manager at Nashville uh, Fairgrounds Speedway when I was 25 years old. I was still doing the PR work at Bristol and managing the track there. We ran 18 weekly shows and two cup races in Nashville as well as two cup races in Bristol. And then in 81, I got hired to go to work for our company um, up in Charlotte and was there 12 years before coming down here to Atlanta. So it's it's been uh, it's been just uh, something I have to still today I have to pinch myself as I've had this great opportunity to do these things and do something I truly love each and every day. Speaking with Ed Clark uh, here from Atlanta Motor Speedway as we talk about uh, retirement and look back on his fabulous uh, 40-year career in the world of NASCAR. And out of those 40 years, Mr. Clark, 27 of them, as we mentioned, you spent at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, so much changed at the track in those 27 years. Uh, a lot of events that have happened. We, we all remember the uh, the tornado that uh, ripped through the speedway. You're able to recover from that. Uh, you know, the, the weather situations, two races at the track, now went down to one. Uh, of, the, of the years that you spent at Atlanta Motor Speedway, what, is, what do you think is for you one of the proudest moments one of the things you accomplish at the track that you're the most proud of in the 27 years? Well, I, I don't, I don't probably pare it down to any one thing. I, I think, you know, what, what I, I, I can tell you I'm really proud of is the fact that, you know, on, on any given day, we give people special experiences or lifetime memories. That's our job. That's, we work for the fans. We work for the people who buy tickets and, attend our events, whether it's our NASCAR weekend or Summit Racing Equipment Atlanta Motorama that we have each year, uh, uh, Legends Tracks, whatever. Uh, you know, we're providing memorable experiences to our customers. And to, to look out my window on race day and see the people in the stands and see the smiles on their faces and to know you had a little bit to do with putting that smile there really is, is something I'm extremely proud of. Um, we've had a lot of people who have come to work for us at Atlanta Motor Speedway and gone on to other things. I'm really proud of them and, and their accomplishments and that that's been a part of our, our um, makeup through the years, um, really, really quality people. And, you know, just, just um, you know, we, we, we've had some memorable races and some great finishes and a lot of memorable moments. And, and I don't think it's any one thing I can tell you. I think it's the, uh, the, the cumulative um, grouping of all of that that really makes me proud. Um, you know, when you've got a passion for something, it's easy to go out and work hard and work extra hard and put the extra effort in it takes to not just be good but to, to be better than good. Now, Mr. Clark, as we mentioned, 60 years, the track has been operating, 27 of those years you've been there. Is there, I mean, is there not one race that sticks out to you that you go, wow, that was amazing that that race happened at our track? Is, is there one race that jumps out at you that, that's more memorable than others? Well, probably for everybody else as well as me, uh, my very first race there, the, the mm -hmm. 1992 fall race that um, was the race that Alan Kowicki and, and Bill Elliott battled right to the end for the championship. Bill won the race. Alan won the championship. Richard Petty retired. Jeff Gordon ran his first race. I'll never forget at the end, we had a race winner celebration. We had a champion celebration. And we had a Richard Petty retirement <laughs> celebration. We had a three-ring circus going on pretty much all at the same time. And somehow we managed to get through that and, and not blow it all up and, and make it 
make it a fun deal and uh, still remember it just like it was yesterday. Pretty special. Mr. Clark, thank you so much for what you've done. Um, good luck to you in your retirement. Enjoy your years. Um, you've earned it. You've earned it big time. And uh, just once again, thank you for all you've done. Well, Alfie, thank you. Uh, thank you and William. Uh, it's been fun uh, doing these interviews with you guys through the years. I'm not going away. I'm going to be around. You'll see me. Um, and I'd also, just for the folks listening, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has supported Atlanta Motor Speedway in any way. Uh, I hope you've liked the, the experiences we put out there for you. We're always open to suggestions of how we can do it better. And Brandon and his team will, will carry forth in a great fashion. And, and I'm, I'm really anxious and excited for them to see what the future holds. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie bringing you yet again another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, which has uh, turned into a crazy episode of the program. So much going on here in the world over the last week or so. Cancellation and postponements of major sporting events, including those in the NASCAR world. Last week, Atlanta got postponed. This week, Miami Homestead Race will be postponed. No word yet on what's going to be happening at Texas Motor Speedway next week or Bristol. So keep it locked in to Southern Race Week. Also be checking our Twitter page and Facebook page for the latest news in NASCAR as well as in the short track world as well. But speaking of the short track world, we are very honored to have a up-and-coming star of the short track world here from the great state of Georgia as we head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in a young up-and-comer, ladies and gentlemen, he is only 15 years old, and his name is Jay Garcia. <laughs> Mr. Garcia, thank you so much for taking time out of a busy schedule and to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully everything is going well for you here in the great state of Georgia. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for being a part of our program. So... Real quickly, before we talk about your big win you had a couple of weeks ago, a big premier event in the world of short track racing, I want to take a little opportunity to get to know you and maybe for our listening audience who might not know much about you, Jake. Tell us a little bit about yourself. 15 years old, young guy, how did you get into racing? Well, um, I started racing when I was five years old, and uh, we had originally thought about getting me into go-kart racing, but um, we had learned about the the quarter midget racing and you know they were a little bit safer so we decided to start with them and i've been racing ever since now being so young how do your friends look at you because at 15 what you're doing is really cool because for many of them they have the learner's permit and not even being able to drive you're driving cars and winning championships and trophies so for your friends out there what's it like for them to react to what you do on a week-to-week -week basis uh, driving I miss some school for it, you know, Fridays before race and everything to go practice. But um, they always ask me how I did when I get back and everything and little stuff like that. But they definitely know that I do it, know that it's something I'm serious about. So they always ask me how I do and everything. Speaking with 15-year-old driver Jake Garcia here on Southern Race Week Radio as uh, we bring you the latest and the up-and-coming drivers in the short track world. And you won a couple of weeks ago one of the pristine events 
for many drivers in the short track world, which is the Alabama 200. Tell us about that race and tell us about getting that checkered flag and the victory. Alabama 200 is, you know, one of the biggest races in the southeast. There's a lot of great drivers that have won it really cool to win it now you get a lot of help from driving because from we know it's not cheap to go out there and drive regularly uh, as you do so i know there's a lot of people that help you out along the way i'm going to give you an opportunity to recognize those people and sponsors that have helped you out along the way jake so tell us about some of the great people that have been behind you as you've made this rise in your uh, career well arrow creek investment helps me out a lot and there's my mom and dad who drive me to the track every week now, being 15 years old, you still got a long way to go in your career. But what's the future for you, Jake? Like, wh- what's the what's the ultimate goal? Where would you you know Where would you like to end up? Yeah, it would definitely be cool to be able to run run in NASCAR, and that's probably my goal at this point. But um, short track stuff is cool as well, and it's a lot of great drivers you know around the country are in short track racing. So it's, it's definitely always something that you can learn from short track racing. But uh, it'd definitely be cool to, to run in NASCAR one day. Now, if our listeners want to keep up with you and your racing career and maybe a schedule of where you're going to be coming up racing once things kind of get back to normal after the craziness of what's going on in the world right now, uh, where can they go to keep up with what's going on with you socially and, and maybe a website or something? I've got a Facebook page, and I've also got a Twitter page and a uh, an Instagram. We usually post updates, you know, about upcoming races and everything. Those are definitely probably the best uh, best ways to keep up with me uh jake garcia up and coming short track driver from the great state of georgia jake uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, schedule to join us this week on Southern race week radio thank you all right welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern race week radio along the far flung Southern race week radio network it's selfie bringing you yet again another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio and what has been just a crazy, crazy week. Last week, we were all excited to head on over to Atlanta Motor Speedway for the Folds of Honor QT 500 weekend. And by the time we knew it, the whole world has been put on hold. But uh, to get perspective of what's going on in the world of NASCAR and how the coronavirus has affected that, let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in as a part of the NASCAR team over on Fox Television. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Bob Pongress! Uh, Bob. Hey, thanks. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, week to join us on Southern Race Week Radio. And what has been just, it's been something I've never experienced in the years that I've been alive in my 41 years of existence. I'm sure for yourself, this has been something new for you. And you were at Atlanta Motor Speedway this past weekend before they postponed the race. So you're in town for a few days. So what was it like heading out to Atlanta Motor Speedway during this kind of crazy time where there was a lot still up in the air when you got to Atlanta probably on Friday? Yeah, just, you know, obviously a lot of uncertainty. Uh, I gotten into town on Thursday and, you know, you, you first NASCAR is talking about racing without fans and then change potentially, you know, racing cup on Saturday instead of Sunday. And then finally making the decision not to race at all. I, I said the only thing like it was I would call it the wildfires back uh, in the mid late nineties at Daytona, where they postponed the race at Daytona. You know, I want to say on the Thursday before the Saturday of the race uh, because of wildfires. You know, and you just kind of you knew there was an uh, there was an emergency going on. You just weren't sure exactly how NASCAR was going to handle it. From your perspective and what's going on around the world, did NASCAR make the right decision? 
Well, I mean, the first thing I'd say is that whenever somebody makes a decision based on your safety, I don't really tend to argue with it. <laughs> like, you know, same, the same thing like, you know, hey, should they race if there's lightning within eight miles away? You know, right. they'll say, yeah, they should race. But, I mean, it's a decision based on their experts made for the protection of fans and team members. So, you know, so I, I, res- I respect that decision, you know, no, no matter what. If you look at every other, virtually every other sporting event, they were, were also canceled. Now, NASCAR hasn't made an executive available to us to explain their decision-making, but IndyCar did. And I think that there were some similar thoughts, and, the, and they thought that, hey, you know, the, the drivers are not in contact with each other like athletes in other sports, right? They're not sweating on each other. They're They're kind of in their driver's seat. They kind of felt like, well, if the crews could stay distance from themselves working on the cars, that potentially you could have a, a safe event in this environment. But then, you know, it just became so, you know, nobody wants, nobody, there, there's no desire, I think, for events, even private events. And, you know, we talk about 40 teams at, you know, probably 15 people a team, that's 600 people, not to mention officials, safety crews, the, the, the amount of people it takes to broadcast a race, um, you know, you're talking probably a thousand people, you know, just to put on a cup race. You know, it's, it's not like you can do it with uh, 40 or 50 people. Speaking with Bob Pockross, uh, representing uh, Fox Television, NASCAR coverage, uh, for a few weeks here as we get uh, set to find out what's going on here. Now, have you heard anything about NASCAR having any kind of plan for going forward? So what have you heard? Any rumblings of what NASCAR's plan will be once this is lifted and we can get back to some kind of normality? Well, I, I think the plan is, is that is that everything is up for debate and discussion <laughs> and, and that, you know, that, you know, uh, how many races can you do in a week if you're rescheduling races? Can, does the season need to be extended beyond uh, early November? If so, what would the order of races be? Uh, you, you know, you have all these things that, that come into play. Who would broadcast them, you know, depending on the dates? Uh, so I, I think... You know, here's the thing. NASCAR doesn't get the, you know, most of these teams rely on sponsorship and NASCAR relies on television revenue. And typically that money doesn't come in if there is no race. So NASCAR, I will say, would do its very, very best to get in all the races. And and, and that will, you know, the much more an appetite to postpone and reschedule races rather than just flat out cancel them and and i and so i think that will be the way they that'll be the way they go forward but you know again anything could be on the table and you know with the with the track companies owning multiple facilities you know do they say well maybe we don't race here but we'll race again somewhere else like i I would say anything is is on the table at this point have they thought about maybe moving some of these races to other tracks what do you think yeah right you know i mean i think you know you know pocono has that double header uh back-to-back days you know i i think the question is like in the playoffs would you want to have double headers that where you know where bristol yeah. right now is scheduled and richmond is scheduled that texas is scheduled and then how does that and, and you know and how does that impact things you know nascar's rules right now uh you know say the regular season ends after the 26th race you know so if you moved all those races to double headers then you're kind of yeah I got you, you know then you're then you're impacting the playoffs so do you want two races at the same track in your playoffs and you may just say hey that's what you're gonna have to do so you know or is it better off during the summer if uh you can get back to racing to do a bunch of wednesday night races and and what type of strain does that put on 
uh, smaller teams. But uh, I think they'll probably do their best to race at the places that they've already been scheduled to race at. Now, Bob, if our listeners want to follow up with you, keep up what's going on in the world of NASCAR, keep up what's going on and how the coronavirus will be affecting the schedule going further. Where can they go to keep up with, uh, with the news of NASCAR and follow you on Twitter and your other social media platforms? Sure, they can follow me at, at Bob Pachris on uh, on Twitter. Uh, I have a fan page, Bob Pachris fan on Facebook, and then we're also I've also been doing some writing on the FoxSports.com website. So, uh, you know, check on my social pages for links to those stories. Well, Bob, thank you so much for taking time to uh, join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Can you put us up to date on what's going on? Hopefully, you uh, can keep up with us as uh, as far as social media. We'll follow with you. And uh, thanks so much for taking your time, and uh, good luck to you. Hopefully we talk to you down the road again. All right, thank you. All right, we're back. This brand-new edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie. WB is isolated at his home right now. He got a little bit uh, paranoid about coming out, so I'll be doing the show as we wrap things up this week. Now, following this week, though, as I mentioned, best of shows until we get back to some kind of normality. So keep it locked to the Southern Race Week Facebook page and Twitter feed for everything going on in the world of NASCAR short track. And also when we'll be uh, returning with brand new episodes of Southern Race Week. Also, thanks to all our great guests, Ed Clark, Mike Bagley, Bob Pachris, and also short track uh, up and comer from Georgia here, Jake Garcia, as we talked about him winning the Alabama 200 just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, joining us, speaking of short track, uh, joining us right now on the Food Depot hotline, ladies and gentlemen, the host of PRN at the track in our short uh, short track guru as well, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lenny Batiki! Hey, Alfie, great to be on and uh, appreciate what Southern Race Week does. And Food Depot, keeping uh, the doors uh, open so that folks can uh, get what they need while we're uh, in this kind of a pause, uh, trying to clear out uh, all the bad things and uh, get right back to racing as soon as uh, we can with everybody as healthy as we can keep them. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. You were one of the people who were scheduled to be down at Atlanta Motor Speedway this past weekend for the Folds of Honor QT 500 weekend before all the craziness. It was just one week ago we were excited for racing in Atlanta, and then by the time we got to the weekend, it was uh, postponed. So uh, before we talk a little short track real quick, what, are your, what was your thoughts when you were in Atlanta when all of this was going down? Well, Alfie, uh, I made it to uh, about Livonia, Georgia, and got the uh, text and then seen just a you know a minute or two before the announcement, uh, you know, from NASCAR, and uh, you know it was disappointing. Certainly, I, I hate it for uh, you know the people that were already camping there, the teams that were there or on their way, the fans, all of it. But uh, you know, we we all needed to do what was right, and you know, for the next few weeks, I guess uh, you know we're going to have to. Um, you know, overcome our challenges with iRacing and uh, whatever other kind of racing we can find. Uh, but, you know, getting everybody healthy and keeping them healthy and safe, that's the bigger picture. So uh, disappointed, sure, like everybody else, but uh, understanding. And we'll, uh, we'll be back when they let us. Coca-Cola 600 still, uh, you know, looking there for Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, you know, hopefully we find a uh, slot in the calendar to have the Folds of Honor so we can, uh, you know, celebrate it at Atlanta, you know, a race this year as well. Lenny Batiki, the host of PRN at the track here on Southern Race Week Radio. And this whole situation is not only def- uh, affected NASCAR, the world, but also the world of short track news as well. So, uh, Mr. Batiki, can you catch us up to date on uh, what you've heard as far as some of the tracks and how they're dealing with this uh, current situation right now? 
Well, most of the tracks uh, out there are, uh, you know, following in line with what uh, the government is asking us to do to, uh, you know, keep that social distance, stay away. There are some tracks uh, open for practice, but those are usually ones that are uh, private rentals and things like that. Uh, small groups, uh, as you know, we've, we've been asked. And uh, what we've got to do is, uh, you know, keep in contact with those tracks, follow, you know, places like, um, you know, your show and to be able to, uh, you know, know when that opportunity to get out there, uh, you know, for whatever. Maybe, you know, we eventually go from only 10 people to, uh, you know, growing numbers so that we can slowly come back from this before maybe they just turn the spigot back on full, full tilt. But uh, these grassroots tracks are ready. They've had an awesome winter. Uh, preparing their facilities, uh, probably the best openings, uh, you know, for a lot of these tracks that have already been open. Winder Barrow had a heck of a race last weekend. Hartwell, a great race. Cochran, two great days with Will Harrington winning over $11,000. So the excitement's there. The pent-up, you know, uh, things are going to be that much more. going to be some, uh, you know, amazing times whenever uh, we're able to get back. And we were talking a little bit off the air before we got on here about Jake Garcia. We had him on the show earlier, the winner of the Alabama 200, another uh, Georgia boy out of uh, right around the Athens area who is uh, making some name for him. Because that's uh, the Alabama 200. That's a prestige event. That's not an event that people overlook. And uh, this young kid, uh, it looked like he impressed some people with that win. Uh, Jake Garcia has really put himself on a a big stage in the last six months or so. He's going to continue to fall in line you know, along the lines of uh, Casey Roderick, Bubba Pollard, Stephen Nasty, and get up there and, and be challenging at bigger and bigger races. Uh, I don't think it would be too long before, uh, you know, we start talking about uh, the ARCA series and, uh, you know, maybe even a truck opportunity as, you know, he continues to progress up the ladder and do the things he's doing now. I don't see any reason that uh, his future doesn't stay bright. Now, uh, Mr. Batiki, if our listeners want to keep up with what's going on in the world of short track uh, during this uh, crazy, crazy time we have right now, the best place besides our show is, of course, PRN at the track. So where can our listeners go to uh, follow up on what's going on with you, the show, and in the world of short track? Well, we've got a great Twitter page, PRN's at the track on Twitter. We also do things on Facebook and Instagram. Our shows can be heard at goprn.com. And you know what? We've got a new show this week. Our plans are to have shows for as long as we can continue to uh, have interesting guests. And they may not be talking about the race that they just competed in or when they're about to, but uh, we're going to find ways to chat with grassroots racers and continue to bring content to our listeners as long as we can. Uh, Mr. Batiki, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Take care, and uh, we'll talk to you again down the road once things get back to some normality, my friend. Looking forward to it. Stay safe and healthy, Alfie. Thank you. All right, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, and we'll talk to you again. We'll have best of shows, so keep it on the Twitter and Facebook page for up to the late, uh, up to the day, uh, latest news you need. Uh, so take care. We'll talk to you soon here on the uh, Southern Race Week Radio Network. Mm-hmm.